0: Hi, this is Jack. When recording this episode of the podcast, we had some technical problems that I wanted to give you a heads up about. Due to what we think was a glitch in the automated recording system we use, David's microphone volume level was way too high, and as a result, his audio is clipped and somewhat distorted. You'll hear it in a moment. The sound is really not as good as we'd like it, but it's not painful, and you can hear what he's saying. We were reluctant to post an episode with this problem, but it's not so bad that it was worth throwing out what is an otherwise pretty good episode. So here it is. Sorry for the bad audio. We'll try to do better next time.
1: Well, um, we're going to go back to trying to pronounce an Australian airport.
0: So a couple of, uh, David, are you still there by the way? Just say a few words. A few words. Thank you. A couple episodes ago, uh, we went through a, 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 little, a little thing. Um, no, 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 where-
1: no. You went through a little thing.
0: That's what I mean. I went through a little... Oh, okay. I, yes. I went through a little thing um, where I ended up eating some crow about uh, my, my inability to pronounce certain words, um, particularly words from other cultures, and uh, how I wanted to do better, and a couple of different listeners chimed in, um, and, uh, and in fact, we heard from, uh, from uh, um, a couple other listeners, uh, friends of the podcast, um, um, Liam and Sharon from, um, from Australia... Uh, who uh, who also weighed in on the uh, Morabbin, uh, uh, th- which I think I've got right now. I think I hope. Geez, I hope I'm not um,
1: going close to that
0: Morabbin. Um, and so yeah, I just wanted to, just wanted to say hi to uh, to uh, Liam and, and Sharon. Um, and I hope I'm saying Liam right. I think I am. Um, it's these other cultures, I, and I, I, I I'm fascinated by other cultures. I love other cultures, um, but sometimes I'm stupid. I, I mean, Lord knows there are northeast. American English words I pronounce wrong. So what the heck? Um hi again, say uh, Liam and Sharon. Hi again uh, regarding episode 1018, uh, 10, 1018, 10, 1018. 10, um as much as I love hearing your quaint colonial accents, they write, uh butchering the pronunciation of Australian place names, I thought I'd try and put this to bed once and for all. And they give us another lesson here which is very similar to the ones we've gotten before. And uh, um,
1: uh, my, my pickup truck is stuck in the muck. There you I go. Love I love that.
0: Oh yeah, right. He's give, that's right. He was giving. He says, "Because I'm not a linguist, but here's my attempt to simplify it for you." First syllable, mu, as in much. Pickup truck is stuck in the mud. Second syllable, rab, rob. Uh, this one's. He says it's pretty straightforward. Liam and Sharon. No, it's never straightforward when it comes to me mispronouncing things. The third syllable, bin, as in bin chicken. Google it. Wait a minute, bin chicken. Google it. I didn't bin, Google it. Bin chicken. Let's look up bin chicken. So it's. Moorabbin. It's murabin that's, that's what I think. And I think that's what we concluded the other day. Uh, a bin chicken apparently is a bird. It's an Australian white ibis. Or, ibis? Ibis? Here we go. <laughs> Starting all over again. Uh, so anyways, thank you to uh, Liam and Sharon for um, continuing to set me straight on the pronunciation of murabin which I now is on. So it, it is just floating Rapidly to the top of my bucket list. I'm going to have to go to Marabin, um one of these days, um, see how we can make that happen. But here's the thing. Here's the thing.
1: Okay. I was wondering when we're going to get to that.
0: Yeah. Here's the thing. All right. It's not just me. It's not just me. Uh, we also heard from uh, uh, another friend of the podcast, uh, uh, another Aussie, uh, Grant McCarran. Actually, no, Wait we didn't hear from grant mccarran jeb you heard from grant McCarran.
1: well that's true it was just it was just me um
0: what did grant have to say
1: we were some episode recently we were talking about the uh i think it was manufacturers uh well it was british manufacturer i think we were uh, talking of, about uh military
0: aircraft still in service
1: right in in of the b-57 canberra um and I said something I think to the effect that we have to add that to the list of aircraft that are still in service. Uh, and Grant had a had a legit bone to pick. So, yeah, they might be in service, but they're not in service in, in Australia. And um, that's 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 a legit point. They You're are, burying
0: the lead, though. Go ahead. Well, yeah,
1: the, the NASA has three of the uh, of the of the aircraft. And uh, they used them; they have used them over the years for high altitude research. Um, the B-57 is a, an interesting wing, and um, is is uniquely suited to high altitude cruising. Um, but um, the point the punchline is that NASA uh, is about to put one of them back in operation. It looks like
0: oh, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. David, say the name of this airplane. Canberra closer. But you're you're cheating. You're reading the tweet. So no, Dave, I'm actually Jeb, looking at a submarine picture. So okay, Dave, uh, Jeb, you're bearing lead still. All right, the lead here. Yeah. Yes, Grant did educate us about the yes. uh, operational uh, status of this aircraft, but he also pointed out that you. And I'm going to put this on you.
1: All right, now what?
0: You have. You say it again. You said. You said it a moment ago. I believe Canberra. You said, Canberra. You said Canberra. All right, which is probably what I would have said, too, quite frankly. Um, Grant has set us straight by saying that, the, that apparently the, per, the proper Aussie pronunciation is Canberra. Emphasis on the first syllable, Canberra. Uh-huh. Canberra, okay. which actually rings a bell to me. sings sounds true. Um, so uh, it's not just me is my point here. It's not just me. <laughs> well, which, is,
1: which, is, which gets back to my original premise that I ain't playing this game. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, i'm not i'm not going to get into the, i take to, no responsibility
0: the, for this right i'm That's not going to get into as a great discuss- american once said i take no responsibility exactly for this.
1: <laughs> yeah uh, I, oh absolutely i don't take responsibility um um <laughs> what what i'm trying to get at here is uh i'm not going to try to pronounce uh anything more than i've pronounced <laughs> already i'm not doing i'm not talking about the name of that airport in in australia and i'm finished with the b-57 discussion so uh,
0: i don't think so what time will tell but i'd be surprised if that's true um we're going to be talking about the Morabin for the rest of the history of this podcast like no you know
1: you will be that's my point (laughs) you will be talking about it uh
0: david submarines you were looking at a submarine what the heck Yeah, uh, it it popped up as a picture uh, when I clicked on one of the links that you got in here. I see. I don't know which one that is. Is that this story, or is it a different other story later on? Uh, Stand by. Let's see. Well, where Where did it it go? Oh, Oh,
2: here we are. Did you find it? It was email from Grant. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, there's a picture below that if you scroll down of, of a submarine, but it's... It's just Twitter.
0: It's, oh, I see. It's, the, it's, the, uh, it's a follow-up tweet. I get it. It mm-hmm. yeah, look, looks like a boomer. Yeah, that's right. Well, I, I know submarines catch your attention because you're, you're a... Oh, here's another word I probably don't pronounce. Are you a submariner? Is that how they
1: say that? David? Well, that's an interesting question. I don't know if it's submariner or submariner.
0: Well, David should know. David, how do you pronounce this word? Uh, it's, it's, it depends on the country okay how do in, you
2: know in, in australia
0: yeah okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah uh it's submariner submariner is
0: what i used to hear around the uh port up in connecticut really i yeah. wouldn't have guessed that see so okay there's chalk and put add that to the list of words that i mispronounce submariner is you're saying is likely to be the north american pronunciation yeah okay See, I thought I was cool by saying Submariner, Um, but uh, all right, sounds good. Either way, you don't want to open a screen door while you're down Yeah, there. I guess not. I guess not. Hey, welcome, folks, to uh, Uncontrolled Airspace, the general aviation podcast. More uncontrolled than ever. Yeah, well, that's, you know, we're at our best when we're least controlled. Uh, my theory, anyways, I'm sticking to it. Uh, I'm Jack Hodgson, uh, and I'm coming to you from uh, spring is in the offing uh, Dover, New Hampshire, uh, where it's, uh, we're going to get a tiny bit of snow here tonight. I'm hoping I won't even see it, that it'll be melted by the time I wake in the morning. Um, otherwise, spring is really, really, it's just right there. I can almost touch it, all right, spring here in New England. And uh, really looking forward to it. Um, and uh, otherwise, just kind of getting on with life and, uh, you know, uh, in these, I hope I'm not being too ahead of the, getting too ahead of the game when I describe it as the waning days of the, it's not the waning days of the pandemic. We're not nearly there yet, but uh the waning days are in sight, if you ask me. I'm here uh, in our uh, virtual hangar talking to my uh, two good uh, friends. Let's see. You now, one of those voices out there is coming to us from the air capital of the world, Wichita, Kansas. That's Dave Higdon. Good morning, David. What's going on? How are you doing? Good morning, Jack. Uh, now you mentioned Jim. that you got serious snow out there recently, just the other day. Today? Yesterday? Well, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah, we had... Uh, Wait, which we had, had
2: yesterday. Today's the 18th. Yeah, yeah. Silver, silver dollar-sized snowflakes, uh, very fluffy. Behind a hard wind, but uh, the ground was nowhere
0: near cold enough for it to stick. All right, time Uh, out. Silver dollar-sized snowflakes? No, 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 no. I'm not buying this. That's a big
1: snowflake. Canadian, Jack. Canadian. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) so
0: Looney-sized. Looney-sized. Yeah, right. They were big up in flakes. Okay. All right. No, I I can believe they were big. I'm just questioning silver dollar size, which is, you know... Well, I guess maybe I'm picturing silver dollar pancakes, which is a different thing. What's a silver dollar? It's about, like, that big. That's still a pretty big snowflake. Um, But it didn't stick. No. No. Uh, It was freezing on car windows and stuff. But
2: this morning, uh, we haven't really seen sunshine yet, although I do notice some shadows over in the west side of the yard, so there's hope for us today.
0: Uh huh. Sounds good.
1: The and my shadows good- on the other side of the. I don't understand how there's how that translates to hope. <laughs> The
0: sun was coming out, I think, is what he was. Oh, saying.
1: oh, 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 oh. Yeah,
0: I think okay. he. I think he was saying the sun was coming okay, out, so he I closed out there for. A yeah, I, I, I didn't see my shadow earlier, so that's the end of it. Oh, it's that's, it's Higden as Groundhog. Ah, okay. Now it's really starting to come together. <clears> okay, but now we're starting to get breaks in the clouds, and half of the yard
2: is still shaded, and half of the yard has distinct shadows of trees and light poles and utility poles and all those things that show up better as shadows when there's sunlight
1: well Mm -hmm. since you're doing the groundhog day thing be sure and let me know when andy mcdowell shows up
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh my other good friend here in the virtual hangar from uh from somewhere near sarasota florida is uh, jeb burnside good morning jeb good morning and so, what's the what's your pool temperature this morning?
1: The last we checked was 75.
0: 75, okay. Yeah. 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 That's what Jeb has been telling me lately. Every time I call him and, and, and moan about how cold it is here. No, and actually, no, it's the other way around. Every time I call him and crow about how it's getting nice and warm here, yeah, you know, I'll, say, I'll yeah. say, it got up to 55 today, and he said, my pool is 70. All right, so.
1: Generally, uh, generally. yeah this time of year my pool is always going to be warmer than where you are
0: uh yeah okay no I, I, yeah that makes sense that mm-hmm. makes sense I, I haven't been to lookout point in a little while but i got to figure that the water at lookout point is is less than 70 degrees um yeah i would guess that but uh anyways what's going on down there in florida you having a good time
1: yeah um kind of taking a break from the magazine here for a few days mm-hmm. um but uh, getting geared up to start hammering another one out. Um, I guess the May issue.
0: How's the baby alligators doing?
1: I have five of them
0: now. I'm sorry. You had did you, I'm, I'm sorry. I
1: took a photo of three.
0: Yeah.
1: And a week or so ago, um, uh, my handyman and I were working out on the island, and uh, just for grins, I took a walk around the whole lake. Yeah. At the same and one one just as fast as I could walk. Yeah. And uh um counted five. Okay. Then I then I could see miniature young adolescent alligators.
0: And, and how long are they? And how big are they now?
1: Foot and a half.
0: Now yeah, this has always been a thing for me, all right. You when you alligator people refer to the length well, wait, of an alligator. Well,
1: alligator people?
0: Yeah. <laughs> People alligator, who, alligator people? People who live in alligator country, all right?
1: Um, well, that's a growing constituency.
0: Uh, when, <laughs> when, uh, when you refer to the size of an alligator, are you re- give, Are you referring to its measurement from the tip of its nose to the tip of its tail? Yes. Or to the base of its, to the tip of its tail? All right. So from tip of the nose to tip of the tail is, say again, how long?
1: In, in, for these, <clears throat> these small fry, as it were, a foot and a half or so. Foot and a half, so maybe twenty inches of like that.
0: They're, all right,
1: yeah. Their their tails are getting a little longer. All right. Um, so so hey,
0: you know, he isn't going to kill me, but he's going to make he's going to make ruin. He my
1: might day. gnaw on your finger if
0: you. Yeah, he's going to ruin my wrong. day. He, he's yeah. he's going to be yeah. Okay.
1: He'll get your attention.
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, I yeah. Thinking, so now, wait a when you say you now have five, now, so are you saying that the, another birth took place, or are you saying you just discovered? No, these all? are all I've just I, I've discovered five. I, I sent all y'all a right. picture. Uh, I saw I had three. So, so you took a gator census.
1: It took a gator census. This is yeah. the 2021 yeah, gator but census. Let me emphasize that I, you know, these are the ones that I could see on one walk around the lake. There well, might be that, still others. I don't isn't, know.
0: Isn't that always the case with isn't, the census? It's it, like, it is. You know, it is. Um, it's always underreported in certain categories. Uh, okay. Well, good luck. Congratulations. Yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm hoping to get a make it, I'm actually, believe it or not, hoping that there'll be a visit sometime down there some one of these days. Um, well, you could take one home with you. Yeah, well, there you go. So even more more reason for him to come down and visit, Um, because he would love you know my my fifty degree weather up here. And
1: you know that goes for all of our listeners too. If you want a baby alligator,
0: (laughs) come on by.
1: Come on down. I will will make sure you leave with one. Uh, All you have to do is bring your own gear. Yeah, because I'm not going to catch it for you.
0: So, so last episode, I think it was last episode. Uh, no, it was two episodes ago, maybe. Um, we got to talking about the Mars, the, the latest Mars rover, and specifically the Ingenuity um, rotorcraft, the helicopter, if you will, that um, that. Is part of that mission, and uh, and we got to speculating about um, how and who would get to log the time for flying this helicopter. And uh, you know, God bless our listeners. There's just a, they're out there. They know they know all. If we can just get to the right person, and listener Chuck K um totally solved the mystery if you ask me all right uh-huh. uh email f- email from listener chuck case said, "Hi Jack uh, uh, and jeb and dave um i think this is the guy who gets to log it and he sent us a link to a, uh, a nasa.gov uh, web page a bio to a man And here we go with the pronunciation yeah i'm uh, not gonna tie that one either yeah i i, I forgive me it's it's h a with a circle umot, um, uh, yeah. H-A-V-A-R-D. So it's sort of like Harvard, Havard, Harvard, um, F-J-A-E-R. It's A-E together, Fajar, GRIP. He's apparently Norwegian, but he he works for uh, Jet Propulse JPL, NASA JPL in Pasadena. All right. And his title is Ingenuity Chief Pilot. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, uh,
1: mystery solved.
0: So there we go. This is the guy. All right. Uh, This is the guy. Uh, Havard Fajar Grip Grip, uh, received his MSC, MSc, Masters of Science, maybe, um, and PhD in Engineering Cybernetics from the Norwegian University of Science and Technology in 2006 and 2010.
1: So he's probably Uh, one of the smartest guys in the room.
0: He's just about any room. Name a room. He's going to be the smartest guy. Prior to joining JPL, uh, he performed research and development work at SINTEF, S-I-N-T-E-F Research Group in Trondheim, Norway. Uh, uh, Daimler AG in Stuttgart, Germany, and Washington State University in Pullman, Washington. He led the development of Ingenuity's flight control system and is currently the helicopter's chief pilot. So this is the guy whose logbook you want to take a peek at. I bet there's stories to be told there.
1: Yeah, it just so happens that one of the uh, FAQs here associated with this this gentleman, uh, someone asks, do you have any hobbies? And the guy is actually a certificated private pilot. Yeah. So there you go. Uh-huh.
0: He, uh, let's see now, he flies his, that's right.
1: He's, he's down on a Cherokee 140. So yeah. He, he's the guy. He's Very the great. guy. Thank you, Chuck Kay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. uh Let's see now, though. I think... Where did my list go here? Um, So then... But then we got into... We also recently talked about the subject of um, instrument currency and what the rules are and, and so forth. And that actually comes up in another email in a few minutes. But aren't there circumstances where you can get some portions of your instrument currency in a simulator? Yes. All right. Then if you're flying the... X-Plane version on Mars, which apparently there is such a thing. This is what I'm getting at here. Uh, Listener Chris H. uh, writes: The discussions of flying on Mars in episode 1021 made me think of Austin Meyer's discussion of flying on Mars in the X-Plane simulator. And uh, he posts uh, a link here to uh, the. uh, Oops, sorry. The X Plane simulator. Yeah, and so X Plane is the is the the, the long standing, uh, highly respected uh, flight simulator software. Um, and apparently not only can you fly X-Plane on Earth to airports all over the world, but you can fly. They've, they've digitized, and it's available. You know, I mean, like we've been satellites and rovers and whatnot. We've been mapping and, and uh, measuring Mars for years, and apparently they put the uh, – and I think Google did this with like a version of Google Earth or Google Mars. Hmm. Um, and so X-Plane, you can fly – an aircraft, and I put little finger quotes around that. Um, around Mars, the Martian Chronicles. this is the, uh, this is apparently that Myers guy's webpage. I don't see his name on it anywhere. Um, xplanecom slash adventures slash mars HTML the Martian Chronicles. Uh, NASA has very exact data on the atmospheric pressure density and temperature on Mars. He goes on to talk about, uh, topographic maps and so forth and so on. And, uh, Oh, I see. And then, and then he quotes an email sent by Austin Meyer, um, who is the author of X plane. Ah, okay. See, this is all coming together
1: now. I guess um, Chris H is the one who's developed this, this, uh,
0: yeah, I'm you know. kind of, I'm kind of lost here, except to say that some people have done some really cool things here. Yes. Um, and, uh, now i want to know and by now by because the x-plane community is very very vibrant and uh, everybody's creating different versions of aircraft by now there must be an x-plane version of ingenuity it's just you would think there's got to be there. by now You're um there. which means that uh, i wonder what happened if i ask the internet about this it, x-plane all right let's spell it right jack all right x-plane Ingenuity. It spell ingenuity. Oh my goodness! There we go. Okay. Was a is a an item from the explain forum. What does it say? I don't know. There's a lot of information here. I'm not going to try and read it. But no, but it suggests that there now are Plain versions of the Ingenuity rotorcraft, so you can fly that on Mars. Anyways. Interesting. So, so, but I guess my I, ultimately my question comes back around to um, logging your Exclaim simulator on Mars time for the purposes of instrument currency. No. Yeah. I guess there are probably very few approaches that are quali- are are, are That's certified.
1: Only part of the problem.
0: Oh yeah, really? Okay. See now you're answering like this is a serious answer to this. <laughs> well,
1: <laughs> what well, I is... mean, there there is a you know certainly a legal answer. It's not an FAA approved simulator. Uh, Run, running X plane on your on your laptop is not an FAA approved simulator. You can't. You, you, let, let me rephrase. FAA approved training aid. Um, you can't log that time. You, you can log it. You can write it down.
0: Yeah, but it, it doesn't, doesn't count for, for anything. Yeah. 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 Right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, that's interesting because I thought, hmm. Okay. What? Well, I guess you're right. For you know, you know, for the the things the things that are required for currency to the extent to the to the small extent that I understand it, you're right. Are not things that you can you can officially practice in explain. I agree. yeah.
1: Which is not to say that explain and and applications like it don't have some value. Mm-hmm. They do. Uh, but it's limited, and it's more of a uh, forming habits uh, type of, of uh, value. Um, doing, when you have a task to do, you do the task, you practice doing the task in a specific order or do, you know, with specific motions. Right. yep. And um, an X-plane-like application can be very, very good for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, I call that procedure training. Is that the yeah, right word for yeah, it? That's yeah, that's a good right. word for it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so, anyways, sorry, I'm trying to do more than one thing at a time here, which is just always yeah, my we have, downfall. We have plenty of time. Yeah. So, anyways, I was just saying, thank you to Chris H for that information about the explained dive. How are the of you guys? So, apparently, the the the, the new um, Microsoft Flight Simulator is pretty cool. I mean, really cool. Yeah, and, I have.
1: And, a- they want money you know, for that, though.
0: Well, okay. I mean, there is that. You know, you you have the the real missing ingredient, as far as I'm concerned, which is a Windows machine, um, yeah. Because it it doesn't run on Mac OS, and and I've never set up my Mac to to run Windows, which a lot of people do. I just never have. Um, David, have you ever played with Microsoft Flight Simulator? Oh yeah, the new oh, the new yeah. one, not no. not the not the old one, the new one that's so awesome. Uh, no,
1: not okay. yet.
2: Yeah, But I, it, I, I, I am looking at this helicopter thing because I think it needs a door gunner.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I think it needs a door gunner to protect against the guy that I just linked you to.
0: Oh, wait a minute. You
1: sent us a link. Where
0: are we here? Okay, hang on. Here we go. Uh, oh, yes, right. Yeah, well, no. Oh, he yeah, was, absolutely. He, uh, uh, is Marvin the Martian is, uh, is uh, uh, always to be taken into consideration um, for sure. Uh, yeah, he almost blew up the Earth. After all, I uh, yep, yep. But that, but that sort of begs the question: Where is he these days? Is he is he on Mars or is he here on the? Hey, there you go. There's that New Mexico uh, UFO that we were talking about, like what yes, last episode yes, or something yes, like that. That's right. It's, uh, it's I told you it was the Mars. Yeah, it's Marvin. So, anyways, all right. We're just, like, have we talked about general aviation at all on this episode? This is is really bad. Well, we talked about it on Mars. Yeah, right. Not not that any of us live a long time there. And and we are are celebrating our listeners, who are awesome. Um, Yes. And so, uh, thank you to Chris H. for that information about X-Plane on Mars. That's pretty cool. Uh, And uh, I used to have X-Plane on my computer, um, but I don't these days. Maybe I should. Rectify that. Um, just wanted to take a second here to say that uh, if you like what we're doing here with this podcast, please s- consider supporting us with a financial donation. Um, as little as a few dollars a month really helps us in uh, enabling us to do this podcast. Uh You can send individual donations to the UCAP Tip Jar via PayPal, and we'd like to uh, thank recent PayPal donors uh, Robert V. and Martin B., Mark L. and Ed K., as well as many others. Or you can become an automatic monthly supporter via Patreon. Um, thanks to some of our Patreon supporters. We're brand new one uh, since the last episode. Bill M. is a new uh, Patreon uh, supporter. Thank you, Bill. Also, thanks to Sean M., Martin B., Ed K., Stuart A., and many others. Uh, we really appreciate everyone who supports us on Patreon. Uh, you folks are the best. For information about providing automatic monthly support, you can check out patreon.com at uncontrolledairspace.com, or you can make a PayPal donation to the email address podcast at uncontrolledairspace.com. And you can get all this information by clicking in the box on the right-hand column of the UCAP homepage. That's at uncontrolledairspace.com. Thank you very much. We really appreciate it. What's next here? Uh, Let's see
1: now. let's, Let's revisit simulators. Um, yes. Real quick, because William M. Who, who the, the listener who uh, yes. responded on this topic, he points out that uh, um, you know you can get one of these these approved uh, aviation training devices. You can the prices. I mean, you you can spend more on a used car. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, you could get one of these devices and, and put it in your home.
0: You could. I, I think a more practical solution is that they're appearing in more and more FBOs. Is my oh, experience. yes, absolutely. Um, and, uh, I mean, even my relatively small FBO up in, in Sanford, Maine, has one of these uh, Redbird um, Somewhat motion simulators, um, but basically it's a full blown enclosed simulator. Um, and uh, as I understand it, there are various elements of at least instrument training, if not instrument currency, um, that you can co- accomplish in in that simulator. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I was, that's where I was about to head here. Uh, another email from uh, listener William M. Um, who uh, basically just kind of uh, spelled out for us, uh, William is a highly uh, uh, decorated, that's not the right word, um, qualified uh, pilot, uh, including being CFIA, CFII. What's an IGI?
1: Instrument Ground Instructor.
0: Ah, thank you. An AGI. Advanced um, Ground Instructor. Thank you. A COM uh, COMASEL, Commercial Airplanes Single Engine Land, and an Airplane Multi-Engine Land. A M E L. A S E L and AMEL. Uh, Bill M. And so Bill M. Just kind of filled us in, which you basically guys did l- during the episode. But he actually yeah. uh, uh, found the, the the text and uh, and and quoted it here. And you guys can look at it if you want. Um, and and as you say, he says it's possible to get all these hits from an approved training device.
1: Yeah, you already saw. You can't just load up X-Plane, though and accomplish.
0: Yeah, I I get it. I quite frankly, I thought maybe X-Plane was to some extent
1: approved. I, I think I, um, there is or was a vendor who used X-Plane as the, the software the back end but had um, a much more elaborate front end.
0: Right. Yeah, that cuz right, a
1: simulated you, cockpit for example.
0: Yeah. And and that certain well it certainly helps with the uh, with the, the training nature of the thing whether or not it's it counts as you know the qualifications
1: that i believe that system i believe was faa approved uh-huh um, so I, so the point is or the, the point you were trying to make is uh, whether or not x-plane was was pr- used in an approved fashion i think it is it, or at least it was at one point yeah yeah so uh
0: so, yeah, thank you to uh, Listener David. All these emails, by the way, are, are going to be in the show notes. So if anybody wants to uh, follow up on the links and see what they wrote, um, it's all there in, in the show notes. Um, and so let's see now. Where are we here? Uh, listen, and Listener David W., here we go, um, uh, writes uh, – oh, this is kind of interesting. So uh, – every now and then we hear from listeners who are listening to old episodes um, and, and and man, we got old episodes. Uh, <laughs> so uh, a listener, David W., who is a regular uh, correspondent and listener from, I believe, Great Britain, England, I believe, um, writes, hi Jack, going out for, yeah, Amesbury, Wiltshire, UK is how he signs um, his email. Going out for walks alone means finding something to listen to, so I randomly selected episode number 269 from the back catalog. Uh, he says, I was interested that you thought the beer barrel spitfire may not be true. Did we? I have no recollection. I have vague recollection of a beer barrel spitfire. Um, he says it was true, uh, and they flew Hampshire Ale from Middle Wallop and um, Um, middle uh, from middle wallop Uh, British ale is not carbonated so flat it should be and not cold either both so apparently we got into whether or not the beer would get shaken up during the flight this is what I'm getting from the context of David W's email here Um, I don't know why I think David will know about this but David do you know about a beer barrel Spitfire no really between oh wow it's like a coffee mug appeared on my in my doorstep the other day that said, "Even David would not fly that airplane." Um, and 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 uh, thank you, sent, Jeb. <laughs> Jeb sent yes, that to me. Welcome. Yes, Jeb. Jeb sent that to me. Uh, it may be available in the uh, in the uh, UCap store, such as it is. Yeah, I've got one of them.
1: Yeah, yeah no, I I, I I had two made up. Yeah, um, due to a comedy of errors, Jack just got his last week. Yeah, yeah, because I'm because he doesn't check his. Can he can mail at to us? Oh, doctors.
0: thank you so much for that. Um, <laughs> anyways, where were we here? Um, so uh, even David wouldn't fly that. Um, even David. Did, uh, so uh, David didn't didn't know about a uh, an airplane thing related to beer. That's my. That's that's, that's
1: oh that's that's that is significant.
0: Yeah, see that this is, is what I'm saying. What I, yeah, 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 yeah. So I mean the beer barrel Spitfire. Maybe we should. Maybe we should. <laughs> Or we should just refer back to episode two. Oh, yeah, I do. I, I do know this story. Yeah, see, now I'm feeling better. Oh, finally, the world is getting back in line. Um, what, what's the story, David?
2: Well, guys in Europe were uh, kind of thirsty for some of that good British ale. And they modified some uh, uh, barrels to, to attach to the uh, drop tank points on spits. And filled them up with beer and flew them back across the channel. Uh, sent it to them right. It took, took landed almost right at the front with barrels slung under their wings.
0: Yep. Okay. Here we go. Yep. I'm looking and, at it. And a
1: really beautiful thing about it. Yeah. If the Spitfire flew high enough, it would cool off the beer. Yeah. And the beer they could literally deliver cold beer to the front.
0: Okay. Well no, I think it's the other way around though. They're bringing it from the front back to the back to the homeland. I don't think no, so. No, no, they're taking it to the front. Oh, they're taking British beer. See, I thought they were like getting, you know,
1: I don't know, French beer. You no, know, they they're, they're flying from the from the UK to Germany during World War 2 to get some German beer and then they're flying back and you serving the German beer in the in the pubs. I don't think so. I don't think
0: yeah, so. Yeah, you're probably right. You're probably right. That wouldn't be a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm looking at the picture now. I'm looking at uh, WarHistoryOnline.com. I'll put that in the show notes. But uh, um, and there's a picture of a uh, of a uh, I guess that's a Spitfire, but of a fighter of some sort with beer barrels slung um, on, on the hard points under the wings. And uh, yeah, okay. So, anyways, back to David's email. What did he say? He says uh, it wasn't carbonated, so flat it should be, and not cold either. Uh, so, yeah, the fact that it didn't have carbonation and the fact that it was not cold is okay because that was the nature of that kind of beer. Anyways, wondered if you wanted to uh, pick up on this some nine years later. I don't know. Time will tell. You tell us whether we did or not. A very good set of lectures, mostly done by my mate Paul Beaver from Army Flying Museum at Middle... Middle? Is that how you say that? It looks like it has an F in the middle of it. That's a typo or it's a, yet another... A different culture spelling of something middle wallop are available on the museum website. Um, and one of the early ones covers the beer runs. He says, thanks all three of you for your continued entertainment. Looking forward to being welcomed back to the virtual hangar soon. Um, he says, I'm sure you'll catch up with the month delay soon. By the way, now I've already caught up. I, at this moment, there's nothing in the pipeline I'm proud to say. Um, but we're recording now. So too late. It's over huh. I'm behind again. Huh. Uh that's thrill is gone. I know, right. Well, thank you David. That's uh that's pretty interesting. Um and uh I don't know whether this is going to spawn a bunch of people sending in emails about listening to old episodes, but uh um It's really funny, these old, we've been doing these episodes for so long. It's, you know, people, all the time, people say, yeah, an episode, remember in episode, you know, 322 when you talked about this? I'm going, no, I don't remember that at all. It's like they're all, every now and then I remember some aspect of it. But uh, uh, what's your favorite episode of all time, Jeb, Dave? (laughs) Trick question. (laughs) Where am I here? Uh, what's this last one here? Steve B. Steve B. This is just kind of a checking in from a, a, a listener friend. This is um, Steve B. Steve B. was a long time, or, or you know, listeners over time. Um, will remember I talked about Steve B. Flying in from upstate New York to uh, the last um, UCAP brunch that we had um, back prior to the pandemic. And since then, we've heard from him a couple of different times. Um He's uh, he says uh, hi Jack uh, hey, hi Jeb Dave and Jack not sure why it came up in UCap ten twenty but they do still make Camrys yes we've since discovered that in fact they do make Camrys um, and uh, he says he just bought one as a matter of fact by the way Jeb he said that other vehicle in the picture is also going it's, it's his airplane he sent us a picture yeah. of of his Camry and his uh, his aircraft that I'm blanking on its make and model at this point TB two TB twenty yes. Yes. Um, He says uh, that other vehicle in the picture is also going through its engine break-in. Since you're going to be doing the same thing, it might be worth an aviation safety article on operational considerations during break-in. I don't know.
1: Interestingly enough, we just did one. Uh Uh-huh. I'll have to research probably either January or February issue. Um, Okay. As to which one it was in. Yeah. uh, so a few months back, but not, yeah, not yeah, long. yeah, yeah, not long ago. It was done in the in the contemporaneously with my uh, airplane getting a new engine, and um, I just put on paper, literally, uh, some of my thoughts uh, about the process of breaking in the engine and what I was going to do. mm mm-hmm.
0: Hmm. Um. He says he writes. Uh, beside the usual issues, breaking in a new engine, for example, lack of recent pilot experience, need for thorough preflight, etc. He said, "I write. I ran into some constraints I did not expect. For example, he writes, I had to realize that the need for greater than 75% power during break-in puts the TB20 into the yellow arc even in level flight. So break-in flights during turbulent conditions or over mountains in windy conditions." is a no-no um, and there is the uh, tension between a thorough engine run-up and the desire to run the engine at greater than approximately 75% most of the time to avoid cylinder glazing. Right, um, that, That's kind of interesting. So, and I, I Not being an airplane owner, I, I'm not familiar with this, but the, so you, the break-in has to be because when you break in a car, I don't even know if you do this anymore, but once upon a time when you bought a new car and I guess the other part of this problem is that I've bought very few new cars in my life, um, but for the first X thousand miles of a new car, you're not supposed to exceed some speed or RPM, I, as I recall. And what this is saying, I guess this is true, right? Is that an airplane engine break-in? It wants to be greater than seventy-five percent. Yes.
1: Yes. The technology is completely different. First of all,
0: uh, I, oh, I certainly get that, but yeah. Um,
1: um, so I mean, you've got uh, different types of cooling. You have different um, RPMs, um, different displacements, uh, things like this. So you can't really compare uh, a car engine with, a, with an airplane piston engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, the two just yeah. aren't. I mean,
0: but they, this is kind of interesting. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. I was just going to say that it's interesting what uh, What Steve points out is that because he's supposed to maintain greater than 75% power, right. um, which puts him into, a, into a, an airspeed um, range, that you're not supposed to be in in turbulent conditions so right. this is an interesting i mean it's just sort of another layer it's not a huge problem but it's another layer that uh, you might not necessarily think about i don't know maybe yeah. you do yeah, yeah. Um, did you have such a limitation i mean I, when you were did you have a formal break in or were you just as a as a conscientious aircraft owner cuz you talked a little bit about break in um, yeah. on on your um, engine
1: I, I did have something of a formal break-in. Um, the the first flight of the airplane with the new engine was basically one lap around the pattern, um, and that's right. That's I the could, one
0: that scared me. Yeah, <laughs> th- yeah. That
1: that's clearly a, I mean a, a test flight, um, right? Just to make sure that there's no huge leaks and and uh, no leaks at all, I should say, and that the airplane, the engine's making power and and. Uh, it, it, it you know it, it survives being aloft, if you will, um, at running at full power for a few minutes. Um, landed, poked under the hood, see if we could f- see if we could find something else going on, um, and then uh, took off again and just flew over the airport at two thousand twenty five hundred feet. Right, uh, just made circles and lazy eights and, and uh, stuff like that. Oh, did, you retract,
2: did, did you retract the gear?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Basically, ran it full, full bore, uh a peak, and and uh, um, I don't know, twenty five. I kept varying the the, the RPM, prop RPM, um, but uh, did it like that for about an hour, hour and a half. Uh, again, right over the airport, and uh, literally watched each cylinders temperature each each CAT, CHT excuse me on the uh, on the uh, engine monitor watched those CHTs drop one after the other um, and that's when I knew that I had achieved my initial goal which was to um, get the piston rings more or less seated uh, in the cylinders right and yeah. uh, after that I uh, flew it for five hours and um, various power settings, change the oil. Um, I need I, I, I need to make one more flight in it and change the oil again um, to see where did we you, are in, on oil consumption. Did you open up the filter? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of, it, 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 it was, there was a little bit of glitter in it, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. I'd
2: which, expect which is, a little bit. Yeah,
1: which is to be expected. Yeah. But yeah. I want to, I want to get the next oil change and uh, cut that filter open and see what we're looking at. Um, it's I'm not sure it's stabilized uh, in its oil consumption yet either, which is what uh, both Continental and Lycoming suggest is a good way to tell that the engine's fully broken in.
0: Mm-hmm. I, don't, I
1: don't think we're at that point yet. but. Uh, um,
0: and did you have this sort of engine power restriction during
1: break-in? Um Restriction? What, what kind of... Yeah, what kind of restriction?
0: Well, according to Steve B., his airplane has a greater than 75% power...
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to do that anyway.
0: Okay. All um, right,
1: yeah. Um, it and,
0: sounds from Steve B.'s story like yeah. it's a literally a restriction, like it's like a, a, a serious it's requirement. It's what
1: the engine manufacturer recommends.
0: Yeah, yeah. And and yeah. that's why I was curious... That's what kind of makes it,
1: it a... If you want to do this right, that kind of makes it a requirement, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, my, basically um the air cooled air, airplane piston engines are going to want that that kind of uh, manufacturers of them anyway are going to kind of want that initial break in period at high power um to help seat those rings mm-hmm. interesting yeah
0: yeah. So, it was that it was that uh, first test flight, if you want to call it that, um, that you just described a moment ago. Yeah. That I managed to scare myself really good. It's very embarrassing. I don't know why I'm selling this in the podcast. Um, I, I and I think I told you the story. You D- did. Jab. You did. I don't know if I told D- Dave this story. So um, I I I stalk. Um, Jeb on on FlightAware, um, and I, I get a little email when Jeb files a flight plan or Jeb appears in the system. And so one morning I was sitting at my computer, um, and I got an email that said Jeb's airplane's going flying. And I thought, oh, this is interesting because I knew you were getting ready to put your airplane back in the air. And so I thought, oh, this would be kind of cool. He's leaving, you know, the airport where he got it repaired and or you know, update, uh, uh, refurbed, and he's flying home. And I just figured this would be fun to watch him fly home with with his freshly, you know, put back together again airplane. So I saw you take off from from I think you've talked about this Venice. People know this that it's Venice is where you you do this, and and. I expected you to take out of Venice on the sort of roughly northbound air- runway and sort of turn right heading for Hidden River. And so I-, I happened to catch you just as this was happening. And in flight aware, I saw the track of you taking off. And instead of turning right towards Hidden River, you turned left. All right. And I thought, well, that's kind of interesting. All right. Um, and I thought, and, and I don't know you know it's funny these things pop into your head, you just get fixated on these ideas, all right because I concluded the only reason you would have turned left is if on takeoff you noticed a little bit of an issue, all right, and so you wanted to stay in the pattern so you turned left and then you turned left downwind and and you were flying downwind and um and I'm going. Okay, and now he's going to turn left base and you didn't turn left but you you flew what seemed to be a really long downwind and I'm going what the heck is going on here? Why is he not going back to the airport? And then finally you turn base all right, and then you turn final, but way out seemed at least from FlightAware's track, it seemed like a long final. It probably wasn't all right, but you you and you're like kind of make, making your way back to the runway, and then and now in retrospect, this is just an, an oddity of the way ADSB tracking works. All right, because what happened was the track of your airplane in FlightAware ended about a half a mile before the runway threshold all right and so i'm like imagining all kinds of things oh my gosh what the heck is going on jeb's engine brand new engine or brand new refurbed engine just kind of you know crapped out and on this first flight no oh my goodness and i'm thinking i want to call jeb and make sure he's okay but i don't want to call him and be stupid and i was just really weird i scared myself so anyways And I finally did – I think I called you. You did call. I called you but got your voicemail, which of course really freaked me out, all right, because you didn't answer your phone. And I had this vision of you sitting next to your airplane in some neighborhood street where you came down out of the sky. And uh, um, I left a message and and then then about, I don't know, half hour, 45 minutes later, you called me back and said, hey, Jack, what's going on? And I'm going – damn you, you're supposed to be injured or something. It's like you had no idea that I was freaked out by this whole thing.
1: At the time, no. No.
0: no. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, it was totally routine. You intended to turn left into the pattern. You intended yeah, to Yeah, there was high traffic
1: in front of me. I, um, I had to extend my downwind. It wasn't any... Wasn't any huge. I, I, I know that now,
0: but yeah. it's you know, in a way, it's an example of how you can get yourself fixated on the wrong answer. I mean, it is like almost a flying, a piloting lesson. All right, is like don't get fixated on the wrong answer. Really look at the situation and understand. it. Um, it's Jack getting fixated on Jackism. <laughs>
1: is that what it is?
0: Yeah. Jackism. Okay. Jackism.
1: Yeah. Um, Steve B. Um, I don't know if you're a subscriber or not to the magazine. But um, we'll uh, do whatever voodoo we, we need to do to uh, get you a PDF of the issue of oh, the, mag- the magazine issue yeah. that, we, that I'm talking about.
0: Remind me, Jeb, and I'll send you his email address. Okay. I, it's not in the – I don't – for confidentiality reasons, it's yeah, not in yeah, the in yeah. the show note here. But I will get you his email address. Uh, I think that's it. I think we're good. This was uh, – um, all listener mail all the time. Uh, they <laughs> just like, suddenly we just got a, we love it by the way. We love listener, listener mail. We love hearing from listeners. We love it when they send us like the listener who sent us a video the other day. Um, I think I talked about the back in the day we had a phone line where people called in and so we, we love hearing from listeners. Um, and, uh, so, uh, please do more of it. Tell us how to pronounce things that we pronounce wrong. Although that would be a lot of emails, but, uh, you know, do that. And, uh, Otherwise, I think that's it. I think it's fork time. Anything else you guys want to talk about, or are we done?
1: It's up to you. I can talk. I can talk about anything, Jack. Yeah, I, I know think I've, I've proven <laughs> it over the years.
2: What do the alligators say?
1: Very little. Very little. Every every time I see them, they're they're just running away. You know, they're they're near the bridge or something. They're hanging out on the beach. And
0: now is there a is there a big alligator? Like is is mom or dad around too, or how's that? I work?
1: haven't seen him or her today. Um I saw one of the youngsters uh, this morning.
0: Um, I'm curious. Now I'm going to have to look this up. I wonder how how does the alligator family unit work? Do uh, they, are, they, are they thrown out into the world pretty quickly, or is mom nearby for a while, or how does that work?
2: Mom's nearby the nest until they hatch. Yeah. And then she makes sure that they find their way to water. Yeah. And then they're pretty much on their own. Mm-hmm. Although I think Mom may whisper in their ear, stay the hell away from Dad, because <laughs> yeah. Dads have been known to eat little uh, yes. puppies.
0: I've heard that. Yes, I've heard that. Okay, well, um, and also that human, that human who does circles around the, you know, stay away from him too. Because,
1: yeah, yeah. Please, just stay away from him. Yeah, right,
0: right. <laughs> but right. Uh, I,
1: there's my handyman and I have been working on on a project, but. Uh, um. Yeah, he says, and I believe, and I see, I, I see the, the difference. There's two medium size. Or, well, there's there's a medium size, and then there's what I call a big uh,
0: mm-hmm. alligator,
1: for, big for this particular body of water. Um, so the, you know, it's alligator central out here.
2: Um, well, you live right next to Mayaca Lake. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. which yeah. has a lot of gators. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, you alligator
1: people. All right, that's. Uh, yeah. Okay. Don't make me come up there.
0: So, thank you guys. (laughs) That alligator person there is Jeb Burnside, who's also a freelance aviation writer and editor, serving as the editor-in-chief of Aviation Safety Magazine. Um, He's also a regular contributor to other aviation publications online you can find his work at aviationsafetymagazine.com his magazine is on twitter at uh, avsafetymag you can also find his work at AEA.net and avweb.com on twitter he's burnside j and dave higdon uh, who i don't have anything clever to say about but
1: needs no introduction
0: Needs no introduction, um, is an aviation photographer, an aviation journalist, and the U.S. editor for London's Buyer magazine. You can find his work online at abbeyer.com and aea.net. On Twitter, he's Real Higdon. And I'm Jack Hodgson. Uh, I am a private pilot, a freelance writer, and a digital media producer. You can find me online most of the places, the usual places, with the all one word username Jack Hodgson. For example, Twitter slash Jack Hodgson, YouTube Jack Hodgson, Patreon Jack Hodgson. Uh, you can find my eBooks on Amazon by searching for Around the Field in the Books section, and you can sign up for my email newsletter at jackhodgson.com. Hey, David, was there something you were going to tell us? Well, old is a great
2: goal. You want to be old. You want to get to old. You want to enjoy old. And the best way to do that, go fly, because time spent flying is not subtracted from your lifespan. Bye-bye. And that's enough talking.
1: Let's go flying. Did you ever stop to think, ever stop to wonder why kamikaze pilots wore helmets?
0: All right. Where are we here? Um, Marvin the Martian. Alligators. I don't know. where to think about this. Gator tails. Gator tails. I've never...